welcome to another episode of the Wire to Wire podcast. As always, it's me, your host Yusuf. Now I have one hell of an episode for you guys today. So without further ado, let's just get right to it. Welcome back to the Wire to Wire podcast. Always great having you on. Yes, yes. It's always fun to chat up in the Wire to Wire podcast, man. I love being a guest on this show. Right now, the NBA Finals has kicked off. Yes, so it has. Off to a great start. Yeah, the playoffs, yeah, this playoffs has been very good so far, very competitive. And a lot of, like, unexpected surprises, too, like with Phoenix getting eliminated. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I predicted that the Warriors would make the finals, but I didn't see... I didn't think that I didn't think that the Celtics would make it uh, based on our predictions from the last time. What are your yeah. thoughts on the final so far, and how do you see things going? Yeah, likewise. I mean, at least you got one side of it right. You got the Warriors. I got both my picks wrong. I had a repeat finals of the Suns and the Bucks in the finals, and that didn't go too well because uh, CP3 being CP3, you know how that goes. And uh, Milwaukee came up against this Boston team. That's just, you know, it might be their year. So who knows? Again, I, I almost, I thought Miami would beat Boston. And I thought if not for the Suns, then it would be the Warriors. So I was pretty off with the finals prediction. But um, I think the two best teams are in the finals, to be honest. It's hard to say. Uh, of course, if Middleton was on the Bucks, how good they would have been or if they would have beat the Celtics. But really and truly, uh, the Celtics team in the playoffs, going through Brooklyn, going through Milwaukee, and then finally going through Miami, they're looking like the best team in playoffs so far. Because if you look at the Warriors, they didn't really play anyone, right? They went through Denver, who just limped their way with the MVP to the playoffs. They went through Memphis with Jaw being injured. And then they went to Dallas, which is a one-man show with Luka Dantage. So I think we have two of the better, healthier teams in the finals. And it's been a great battle so far, right? Game one, Warriors started off hot. Celtics came back strong in the fourth, and they couldn't miss from three. And then we get a blow on game two, right? So who knows, right? Game three, heading back to Boston, it'll be an interesting one for sure. Yeah, they match up. They match up pretty well with each other, especially seeing as how Boston does have some size. But the thing with the Warriors is that they have that championship experience, and mm-hmm. this time they're actually fully healthy and like fully loaded, right? So I think what happened in Game One is that Golden State started off strong. You know, they they came out, they started hitting a lot of threes. Yeah, and then I think eventually what they thought was they would demoralize Boston and that Boston would just wave the white flag because of how just because of how much shots the Warriors were making. And then I think what happened is the Celtics fought and clawed their way back into the game. And I think they caught the Warriors a little bit flat footed. And that's how game one that's why I think game one went the way that it did. Right. And then I yeah, I think in game two, you know, at first it was like a seesaw back and forth game, but then I think eventually Golden State, they were just clicking that night. Like Jordan Poole was making his shots. Yeah. So, you know, they they won game two, right? And then, so, I don't know. I see the series going to six games. Yeah. You know, I think Boston can get at least one on their home court. Right. But this Warriors team, they're such a strange team because it's almost like they're rebuilding 
while still maintaining their championship core. So it's like they're doing two things at once, but they're doing it so well. Yeah. And I, I, it's funny that you say that because I look at Steph, right, and how he went about this awkward situation, being the one player that's still healthy and being the star for, for the Warriors, the franchise player. And he was just patient with the organization and trusted them to get them back to the finals and look at them back in the finals just like that, right? Like, they made the right pieces. They were also able to um, develop their young players, their young talent in guys like like Jordan Poole, for example. And they got back to the finals, right? And if I look at, like, LeBron, right? If I look at LeBron and when he went back to the Cavs and he had the opportunity to maybe stick it out with Wiggins and almost follow a similar path to what Seth did, right? Even though it still worked out for LeBron in the end and being the GM and getting the players he wanted and getting him in a situation to be back in the finals, he could have, I guess, set himself up in like similar way that Steph did where he's in the finals with a chance to win his fourth. And we're looking at next year with the team might get better, right? You have Wiggins that are that Wiggins getting the championship experience. You have Clay that's only going to get healthier. You get Jordan Poole, who's like a hybrid Steph Clay project. And then who else? Who knows what they'll do in the offseason, right? There's so many possibilities. Do they get Rudy Gobert? Do they get, you know? So it's sometimes it's the organization and having that trust in your organization that you can just build back better and just trust the process. And with the Warriors, they were just lucky and they've just been a great organization over the last couple of years to go through all this adversity with injuries and then get back into the finals, right? But I do have another question for you. First question, an X factor for the Celtics and an X factor for the Warriors in this series. The X factor? Yeah. Who is the X factor for the Warriors and who's the X factor for the Celtics in this series that you think? I would say Jalen Brown. Okay, for the Celtics. Would be the X factor for the Celtics because I think a lot of the... I think a lot of the attention on defense mm-hmm. would be on Jason Tatum. Yeah. And I think that's going to create an opportunity for Jalen Brown, you know, to get better looks. Yeah. And to be able to, you know, take over the series and I think keep the defense honest, right? Right. So I think this kind of presents a good opportunity for him to really showcase what he can do. And you can you kind of already see it within the first two games. Like he's been mm-hmm. going to work, right? Yeah, yeah. Because on all the ends. yeah, because yeah. all the attention has really been going on Tatum. Yeah. So I think he has a, a chance to really make his mark and be that X factor. So I would say it's him for the Celtics. Now, in terms of the Warriors, I want to say Clay Thompson, but you know, I'm kind of leaning towards Jordan Poole right now, mm, only okay. because if you look at Game One, Clay Thompson was going to work yeah. instead. And Steph Curry was going to work too, especially mm-hmm. when the game started out, right? Yeah. But then it was still, it ended up being a tight back and forth game. Right. But then if you look at game two, once Jordan Poole really had it going, yeah, it, it, it ended up being a blowout. Yeah. So I think offensively, Jordan Poole will be that X factor. Mm-hmm. But then another guy too is Andrew Wiggins. Yeah, that, that's from, my X factor for, for from the Warriors. A, 
I'm thinking more from a defensive standpoint because he's shown that he can be the guy that guards the team's best player. Exactly, and they have and, two dominant wings, right? So yeah, so I would. So I mean, he was doing a great job in Tatum so far. He's did a great job against you know Luca in the previous series. Yeah. So on the defensive end, I'm gonna say Tim, and then for for the Celtics, their defensive X X factor would probably be Marcus Smart. You yeah. know he he was the he was the defensive player of the year, so you got to live up to it. Yeah. You're not gonna you're not gonna you're not gonna stop a guy like Curry, but at least make life difficult for him. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. I would I would just have to defer for the Celtics because um, I see Brown as more of like just like Tatum's right hand as being like almost like the second best player on the team. So that being said, it's like I feel like. They switch 1A, 1B, even though Tatum's a clear one. But, like, at times it almost looked like even in game one, it was almost like the Brown game. Well, it was Horford and the supporting cast, really. But Brown was the guy that had to really step up and manage the game and really lead the comeback, right? So I see him more as a, you know, it's like a just the second guy on the team, right? If it's not Tatum, it's going to be Brown. But my X factor for the Celtics is it's going to be uh, Al Horford. Okay, that's a good one. So Al Horford, his presence on the defensive end and his ability to score will definitely be a threat. And he needs to outplay Draymond. That's a simple key to the series, I think. If he's able to take advantage of Draymond when he's on when he's on offense and again on the defensive end just being that that anchor to really facilitate because I feel like Celtics might need to go away from Robert Williams and go small rather than playing Al Horford and and Robert Williams together because it's just it's hard right because when Warriors come with all these smaller lineups right and there's all this movement you're going to need something that's a bit more mobile right to keep up with all the switches and everything right so I feel like We'll see how this the series progresses, but Al Horford might have to take on more of a burden and really play that that five and just be that sole big, so the so the Warriors could I mean so the Celtics could go with like Grant Williams and and then Tatum Brown and then Marcus Smart or Derek White, right? That gives them more flexibility with their lineups rather than have your your generic um, four or five big lineup. Um, so that's my X factor for. Uh, the Celtics, but Warriors, Clay, Clay will make some shots, but and he might have that game six Clay game, or he might have an elimination game, or he might have that game seven game that like he really stands out. But I feel like majority of the series, it's gonna be very tough for Clay to to stand out and have a huge impact on the series because he has to go up against wings like. Like Brown and and Tatum and switch on to like Marcus Smart or, or Grant Williams and I feel like Clay doesn't have that athletic ability right now coming back from injury to get by anyone. He's gonna ha- he has to force a shot or he'll move and maybe get a chance to get an open shot. Right, he'll move around like like Steph does to create a shot. But if he has the ball one on one and he's trying to take someone on. He's gonna struggle get by getting by Brown or Tatum or any of the wing players, wing defenders. So, I think that Wiggins, though, if his he if he has the ability to actually get fifteen plus points 
uh, a steal, a block, five plus rebounds, like that will be a huge S factor if he can average those numbers throughout the series. And it would be a great help if Clay's struggling scoring wise, helping out Steph on the offensive end. Yeah, and you know what? I'm actually happy for Wiggins because I think, you know, and, I, and Draymond said this before too, but he's kind of got this uh, reputation of someone that doesn't care. Yeah. And, you know, he's very laid back and chill, right? Right. But, you know, he's actually shown that he could contribute to um, a championship team and be a part of a winning culture. And I think this has actually been a really good situation for him. So it's good to see him playing at that level. You know, I can't really disagree with anything that you said there. Those are both uh, very valid points. But I want to ask you this, right? Just to kind of stir the pot a little bit. Let's just say, hypothetically, the Warriors win a championship. This yeah. is this is going to be Steph Curry's fourth championship. Yeah. In a span of six, in a span of what, seven, six runs. Yeah, and, and right? you'll most likely get that finals MVP finally. More than likely, right? Yeah. So could a case be made since he's tying LeBron James in championship? Do you think a case can be made that he has been the best or at least the better player of this generation? The better player? So we're yeah. looking at like a decade, right? Yeah, so Possibly. we're gonna Yeah, so we're gonna look at a decade, yeah. A decade. Has Steph Curry been the best player in this decade? Surpassing LeBron. Surpassing LeBron. So he wins this championship and gets his final MVP. Ha, huh, man. So when did uh, LeBron win with the Cavs? And he, That's within this decade, right? When he that, beat that the Warriors? Was, so that was 2016, yeah. Yeah, so 2016, and then he won with the Lakers. So he has two ships within the decade. And then Steph would have his four and a final MVP. So I, I would honestly have to say it would have to be Steph. It would have to be Steph from his how he transcended the game to what it is today in these in this ten year span, and his his success and his achievements because we got uh, MVP in there as well or two MVPs. And one was unanimous. Yeah, and one was unanimous. So I I would have to say Steph, really and truly, oh. because because if we're looking at Steph getting his fourth, what's stopping him from getting his fifth? And that's where it's going to look real bad on LeBron. That is Steph Curry gets a fifth championship. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, this guy came after you. You he guys passed Reggie Miller and, too for threes. Yeah, just and, this year too. And he wins more championships than you. Like it's gonna look real bad on LeBron. It's gonna yeah. look really bad for LeBron. Like even if he goes on to pass Kareem and all that stuff, it's still gonna look bad on him. And the thing is, I would give LeBron a slight edge. Okay. A very slight edge, but Steph Curry has a very strong case. And the thing is, you can say that okay, Steph Curry had better teams than LeBron, right? Yeah. And he had mm, he had more debatable. help. But then the thing is this now is that we know that LeBron GMs a lot of the teams that he's on. Like that has been confirmed. Like Kyrie Irving confirmed that, right? Yeah. So it's like if LeBron had just sat back and just let the organizations do their job and That's build the I'm team saying. accordingly, exactly. could, he, could he have had more success? Because you see, the thing is, like when he does this, it's kind of short-sighted in a way. Very short. Not in a way. It's very short-sighted actually. Because yeah. like what he does. Okay, so I'm gonna take it back a little bit. So that year they won 66 games. They went up against the Magic, right? Mm-hmm. And then the Magic smoked them. Like yeah, they literally mm-hmm. had Dwight Howard and. Dwight Howard had a, was surrounded by a bunch of shooters. Yeah. So 
that put a hole in the Cavs game plan at that time. So what he did is the year after he just went and brought Shaq Mm -hmm. so they can match up well against Orlando. Yeah. But then in 2010, they end up going up against Boston, who just was the better team from top to bottom. Yeah. Blitzkrieg them again. Yeah. So then he goes to Miami and then he gets it right. Finally. Well, that that situation happens in Dallas. So they lose that one championship. But then they got it wrong. Yeah. So then they finally win 2012, 2013. Then 20, yeah. Then 2014, (laughs) they go up against the Spurs. They lose. Yeah. Right. And then when he goes to when he goes back to Cleveland, now he builds that Cavs team to be able to compete against the Spurs team that beat him the year before. Yeah. But then the Warriors come with a whole different system that he never built it, that the team was not built to compete against. And then, granted, yes, Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving were out. There was injuries, right? Mm -hmm. But then 2016, they come back, right? They come back 3-1. They win that championship. Mm -hmm. Then the Warriors add KD. Yeah. So, yes, they have KD, but in a way, it's still kind of even, Steven, because you have LeBron up against KD. You Mm -hmm. have Kyrie up against Steph. Yeah. Right? Then you have a whole bunch of other bench pieces and role players. Yeah. But then... You stop playing the style. You stop playing the way you played in 2016 to win the championship, and you start trying to play like them, and then they blitzkrieg you again. Yep. Right? They stop playing that aggressive style. So, I mean, all these teams are built by LeBron. Then look what happens in 2018. Like, Kyrie doesn't want to be a part of the show anymore. Right? And then now you're stuck with no talent, and then you end up getting swept. So it's like if you had just trusted the organization to do its job, he probably could have had more success, and you could look 100%. at him, and you could look at a guy like Curry, and that's a perfect example. Yeah, that's the example I was trying to make earlier, right? Like, now that you break it down like that, like, look, that's simple trust in his organization of maybe just keep Wiggins, right? Develop him under your wing, right? Who knows what Wiggins becomes, and then from Wiggins, there comes more pieces, right? Because you have now you have Wiggins, Kyrie and LeBron, and you can build around that, right? Rather than having to pull strings to get Kevin Love, and now Kevin Love is not the greatest, so you need something else. You need a wing defender. You need JR. You need this player, that player. You know what I mean? So, like, it's 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 hard, right? Because it's almost like he, he played himself, but he was able to just make it work with his greatness, right? Rather than you look at Steph, who just let it naturally happen. Whatever happened, happened, right? Injuries happen is a part of the game. He's not in there like, oh, we need to get this guy. We need to get that guy. He wasn't the leading factor in saying, oh, yeah, let's get KD because we lost LeBron. That was more of a Draymond thing. A Draymond, a guy that's more involved in in media and, and the talks around um, free agency and stuff like that. Like, Steph was just, I'm, I'm going to do me. I know what I what I bring to the table, and then I I have my guys that were drafted to the Warriors, and I trust my organization to make the right plays, right? And look where it's got him. And then it's, it's almost seemed like it was just easier, in a way, like he didn't have to do so much. Like with LeBron, it's almost like he's he's done tenfolds of what Steph had to do, just with all the GMing he had to do, right? And all the getting this play, getting that play, playing with all these different. Types of players, right? So, yeah. look at and them. then and then look at him now with the Lakers, right? He finds himself in a in a another weird situation. Yeah, and this is the same thing that happens every time. Like 
when he was in Miami, he had them spend like no, I think Miami was more tamed mm-hmm. because it was very clear that you know Pat Riley, that guy. Exactly. Exactly. LeBron was a great not, organization. Yeah, yeah. And LeBron was not going to supersede what we want to do here, right? And in a way, Pat Riley was saving LeBron from himself. But yeah. then I think LeBron just got tired of the way things were there. He wanted to go back to home to Cleveland, which is his prerogative, you know, good for him. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it was great for the game, I think, by him doing that. And then from there, he had like unanimous control. And then they they kept having the highest salary in the league. The salary cap, they were always the team. They were always a team that would surpass the salary cap. And they were in the luxury tax every single season he was there. Yeah. Then, then when eventually you get to a point where you spend so much and you have nothing left to show for it, he left to the Lakers. Yeah, and then the Lakers were in the same predicament. They have, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, the third highest salary in the entire NBA. And then look and, at what you do with that organization. Yeah, they have right? nothing. To, they have nothing to show for. And now they're stuck between a rock and a hard place because they can't do anything. Yeah. So I think at this point, like to be honest, like Steph can probably even win more than four or five championships. To be honest, like if, like, what's to stop him from winning six? Like, yeah. really, truly, if the way the team is currently constructed right now, if they can, you know, play with the salary cap a little bit and move mm-hmm. some pieces around, yeah, you know, what's to stop them from competing until 2025, 2026? Like, exactly. His, and then his last couple of years, what if he's just trying to do a little ring chasing, right? He goes elsewhere, comes back to Golden State. You know, he has that room. And yeah. that flexibility, right? And he'll be at four or five, and maybe he, he's looking for that six ring, you know? So, yeah, like I said, not not to take anything away from the billionaire, you know? Shout out <laughs> LeBron and, and his greatness. But again, like when you look at someone as a competitor like Steph and the way he went about his success and his homegrown success of through the team he was drafted to, and it worked out for him with patience and just perseverance. So, I mean, like I said, I would give LeBron a slight edge, mm-hmm. but Stephen Curry has a very, very strong case. Yeah. And honestly, if anyone was to say Steph Curry over LeBron, I wouldn't even really be mad at them. Yeah. It's, it's like, hard to say. It's hard it, to say in his last 10 years, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And the only knock he, like I would really have is just the fact that in all those championships, you've never like, as of right now, as we're recording this, he's never won a finals MVP. Yeah. But if he manages to get his fourth and he gets a finals MVP, you know, four rings, one, that's not the greatest. But at the same time, like, bro, the man, like, his resume speaks for itself. You know what I mean? Like, it took this guy in six finals appearance, you walk away with four. And with LeBron, you know, was it 10 finals appearances, you walk away with four? It doesn't really look all that good. And you can look at the circumstances mm-hmm. behind why he won some and why he lost some. Yeah. Right. That's if you want to go in depth. We're not having that conversation. Right. So right. just saying, looking at the records by itself, it's really, it, it's really hard to say that Steph has no case. Like he definitely has a case for sure. Yeah. 100%. 100%. And also, again, this conversation with Steph could take a drastic turn because. If he loses this, this changes the conversation drastically. Because I'm no longer having this even entertaining this conversation of LeBron and Steph if he loses this finals, to be honest. Yeah, he has to tie him in rings. He, he has to tie him in rings. Yeah. 
So, like again, like if he if he gets the fourth one here, and he gets that Finals MVP, it, it's a, it's a strong case. But if he loses this, that'll be what his third loss. Yeah, he so he would be uh yeah he'd be three for three at that point. Yeah, so that puts him in a in a you know like in a very because those two rings came from a lot of help with KD, so he has one true ring, and this one gives him a second true ring. That's what. So uh, honestly, it's like the first one, I'll give him that's a true ring. The second one, KD, uh. So whatever. So I combine the two with KD to be one. And then if he gets this one, it's like three true rings. So again, he has to win. If he doesn't win, it'll be very disappointing and it would be a, a very hard hit for his career directory, I think. Yeah, this is like earlier we we're having a conversation about X factors, right? But in terms of who this who needs this championship and who this championship means more to. Yeah, it's definitely Steph Curry. Like this is a a make or break championship for him. I think for the reasons yeah. that you mentioned, like you win this one, your legacy is solidified. This this cements him into the top ten. Yeah, I think if he wins this. But if you lose this one, then you know we're gonna have to start looking at you a little bit funny. Like, okay, like what's going on? Like, how come when you get to the big stage, you yeah. can't seem to get it done? Yeah, you're losing so, to the Raptors and, and you're losing to the Celtics. I don't know, you know. Yeah, like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so that would yeah, so that's a very good point that you made. Yeah, all, everything that we're saying, like the conversation we're having earlier, is contingent on him winning the championship. So with that being said, I have the Warriors winning the series in six. How do you see it going? You have Warriors in six. Yeah, I have. <sighs> I have the Celtics in seven. Okay. I have the Celtics in seven. I have it placed a bet as well. Okay. Celtics to win four three. Jeez. Okay. Yeah. So we'll see. You know, going against the grain there, but uh, a lot of people like Warriors in six. But we'll see how these two games go in Boston. So we'll see. Yeah. So let's do a little bit of a segue. Earlier, we we're having a conversation. Um, about the whole Michael B. Jordan and Lori Harvey thing, and the internet was on fire over it. Well, speaking of him, he was at the Warriors game, and uh, the social Warriors social media team like panned in on him. <laughs> he 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 wasn't looking in the greatest spirits, you know. He was looking ten toes down on the hardwood floor, a little, you know. Looks like he just came out the bathroom crying a little, but I wonder why. And on a side note, before we get into that conversation. Like, when I saw the way he looked at that game, bro, it really annoyed me, bro. I don't know. For me, I could not imagine having that much money and status and looking scruffy, bro. Like, you're walking around with a friggin' Steve Harvey mustache. Like, yeah. what's wrong with you? Like, right. like, you can afford to get fresh. So, get fresh, bro. Like, you cannot be walking out looking like that with that money and status. But that's just me personally. That was just something that I found right. to be a bit annoying. Yeah. But... Yeah, you're right. He did look a little bit down. You know, what's your take on it? Because I know um, earlier we were having a conversation about it. Yeah, I mean, we tend, we, tend, we tend to uh, get into these uh, celebrity relationship talks. And um, I'm very anti-celebrity anti, uh, relationships, to be honest. Like, I think it's all a 
a gimmick. It's all a status quo thing, and it's all just. It's hard to say because it could be love is love, you know. Like you can't really, as me not being a celebrity yet, who knows? I can't really speak on the life of of celebrities, but like what I've seen and what uh, social media and the tabloids, everything puts out, it just always seems like a gimmick. Like, did I think that Lori and Michael B. Jordan would last and get married and, and run off into the sunset? No. Uh, I I valued uh, Future and Lori's relationship just as much as Lori and Michael B. Jordan, just because Michael B. Jordan is, I guess, your cleaner cut, just an actor type of celebrity, it's, I think it's no different from her dating future Hendrix. You know, it's, it's a celebrity at the end of the day with a lot of status, with a lot of attention, with a lot of eyes, and that comes a lot of ego. And it comes a lot of wants and needs, right? And Michael B. Jordan has needs that and wants that Lori probably couldn't fulfill long-term. And that's the way I look at it, right? Like I've I've we've seen a few tweets and and comments here and there about uh, what ended their relationship. Um, I had some insider information saying it was otherwise, but um, who knows, right? There's always three sides to the story. Who will know the truth? Who knows? We can always speak on it. But again, like I said, like I've watched celebrity relationships last for forever and just come to an end right so it, it happens all the time it's it's nothing new right like i again i see it all as a facade it's everyone wants to be the power couple and they come to realize that they're just not a powerful fit yeah and i agree i think a lot of it is um i think a lot of it is a facade and for me when I look at them, like when I look at like celebrity relationships, I don't like the whole idea of them being considered goals or any of that stuff to me is just weird. Right. The only thing I look at them, and I think I said this before in previous episodes, is I kind of just like to use them as like um, a talking point, like what we can learn or what people can learn when our own, in our own personal decision making right so for example like one of the reports that's there is that he wanted something serious you had some insider information that kind of indicated the 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 reverse but yeah. something that guys can take away is like if you're at a place in your life where you want something serious then you need to make sure that you're thoroughly vetting the woman to make sure that she's on the same page as you because Assuming that what the mainstream is reporting is true, it's very obvious that she wasn't serious. Like, she's just looking to have fun, right? Like, you can yeah. tell. So, it's like, why are you taking someone more serious than they're taking themselves? So, I think as men, that's something we have to be able to look at and we have to be able to observe and we have yeah. to be able to move accordingly. So, that's how I kind of look at these things, right? Right. But yeah, in terms of like their dynamics, like I really genuinely don't care. <laughs> like I don't mm-hmm. even know what what Lori Harvey is famous for. Like I couldn't tell you. Yeah. 
And how old is Lori? Lori's like what, 25, 26 in that age or yeah. a bit younger maybe? Yeah, mid 20s, yeah. Mid 20s like for her as a as a young woman like she's learning about herself, right? Like she knows one life, which is all glitz and glamour, going from a future to Michael B Jordan and she might she figured out no she didn't want a future cuz maybe that's too much for her. But, oh, look at this guy, Michael B. Jordan, you know, he's a bit clean cut. He's, you know, an actor, well-known, you know, he's more, he has a better image to society, you know, maybe this is the look I'm going for. And then she's learning that maybe that's not what she needs, you know what I mean? Like, with a young woman in their mid-20s, like, they go through so much growth and change and finding out who they are as a person. And I feel like they change their mind so often that... It's there's gonna be a disconnect, right? She's in her mid twenties. Michael B. Jordan's in his thirties. He may want a slower life, calm things down, get married, you know, start building his legacy, right? And Lori might not be ready for that, and that's probably what it is, plain and simple. That might be the disconnect between the couple and the reason why they broke up. Yeah, and that's the thing, like, okay, with dudes like us, right? Many times, unless, like, the girl's, like, unless the girl's, like, within our social circle or we know of her or something, mm-hmm. we don't really know. You only know as much as a girl will communicate to you, right? right? So a lot of it is you're just kind of taking, like, you're just trusting her, taking her at a word. That's why it's difficult to vet them, but you have to be very, like, you have to keep an eye open, right? Yeah. At all times. But with a dude like him, okay, this girl is known. She's famous. Yeah. So you know her whole dating history. You just got to do one Google search of her name and you know her whole dating history, right? And that's just what the public knows. There may even be more details that we don't know that he might be able to get access to that information. Right. So if you can clearly see what her history is and who she is and what she's about, right? And I'm pretty sure, I, I don't know this for certain, but I'm pretty sure, you know, there's times where he kind of broached the topic and she probably was a little bit like dismissive of it. Yeah. And maybe he was just too in love to even be able to pick up on those hints. But as guys, we got to be mindful of these things. Like if you know a person's history and you know who they are and what they're about and what they've been on. Yeah. Then you got to treat them accordingly <laughs> and move accordingly. Right. Because I find a lot of times is, you know, it's the dudes that are starting to take these women more seriously than they take themselves. Exactly. So that's another thing, right? Like, you can't put all the blame on someone like Lori. You got to look at your decision making. Look what you're going after. You're taking the girl that was just with Future. What do you expect to get out of that? You know, you think she's going to tap right into the woman you need? Of course, in the honeymoon stages, the first, how long has it been? Three years, we want to say, if that? Two years, I would maybe? say, I think about like a year and a half. Cause I started a year and a half. A, yeah, right. a year and a half, yeah, it wasn't even anything. Like, I don't think it was that long. I think it was just like a year and a half. That's what I'm saying. So, that being said, like, everything's going to seem amazing in that short time frame. You're going on trips, you know, the sex, whatever it may be, like, that's all going to be good. It's going to seem... Glorious. You're both celebrities. You have money. You can do whatever you want. You can make it 
like you can do those over the top things for Valentine's Day and birthdays and Ray Tay Tay, and that's all gonna be good. But then when it's go when it's bad, how you guys handling that? Yeah, and Brewski, like you know, it's weird, and it just it just hit me now, right? Because yeah, she was with Future, but apparently she was with Diddy, and yeah. she was also at one yeah, point he had dated that Diddy. Too. Yeah, yeah, and she, at one point she also dated Diddy's son. Yeah. So the fact, something like, the fact that you even know something like that, what does that tell you about her? That if you go from a, a father to a son, that to me tells me you're just looking for fun. Like you're just looking, like you're just looking to do some dirt. So exactly. Like, why are you taking? Like, why are you taking her that seriously? <laughs> like, it's it's crazy what one Google search can do for you. So for him to not have done that due diligence or maybe he did and he just honestly didn't care i don't know don't really care but like there's definitely something to be learned in that moment i think it's like be careful like be careful and be mindful of the kind of girl that you choose exactly go for uh, that's what it comes down to and it's unfortunately it's sad right because like he's getting up there in age and of course he probably wants to settle down like it doesn't seem like he wants to live a life that you know just chasing women because I'm sure he had all that in his 20s, right? So he's probably at a point where he wants to settle down, but he probably needs to find someone that matches his, you know, his, his energy right now. And he probably thought it was Lori because, I don't know, Lori probably carry. I feel like Lori is a chameleon. Like, she could really just be whatever she wants to be for a certain guy per se and she plays her role well right so she was probably doing a good job being the woman that michael b thought he needed in that short time frame and then he learned that's not what it really is you know and and that's what happens in relationship you learn each other and eventually you'll learn together or you'll learn apart right so again it's unfortunate again like of course you would like to see i guess it would be a power couple even though i don't know what Lori brings to the table but to the social media it's, it's seen to be a power couple or you want that Lori and now, now michael love but look how it had turned out so yeah no i'm good like exactly like, exactly you know, I think people need to stop with these relationship goals and mm-hmm. putting these celebrities on a pedestal. Like, if you have grandparents and your grandparents are still together, yeah, have a conversation with them. What did you guys do to make it work? Exactly. Don't don't look to these celebrities. There's no answers that they can give you. Yeah, and it's never like what it seems. Like it's never what it like. Usually, the reason like it's rare too nowadays. I mean. Our generation is going to be very interesting to see the long marriages, to be honest. It's going to be very rare. Like, I feel like divorce rates will definitely increase. Or, well, we're, I, I'm sure marriages aren't as, I don't know the numbers, but I'm sure people getting married are, the numbers are definitely lower than in the past. And I feel like the marriage numbers will be low and the divorce rates will be even higher because I, because we've been sold a, a, a facade our whole life to 
think what we need and what's oh I need XYZ and if I don't have that then it's not gonna work where unfortunately relationships don't work like that it's not gonna be perfect you know it's not gonna be something that you go through and it's all gonna be roses and daisies every step of the way there's gonna be your test your 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 um, breaking points and each person is going to meet their breaking point and either you break or you figure it out, right? And some people aren't built, especially our generation is not built to, to go through that breaking point. Yeah, and you're right about what you were saying about the marriage rate. So the marriage rates have declined dramatically. So what they're saying is as of 2019, studies have shown that you know, there's only six marriages per thousand population. And that was 2019, three years ago. It's only declined since then. So, yes, the marriage rates have declined dramatically because I think people are just, you know, kind of realizing like there's really, especially from a male perspective, there's not as much, there's really not much of an incentive. And yeah. I think I think a lot of it is... I think a lot of it is just our perception of it. And I think a lot of it too is just like the way it's practiced in this modern society. But I mean, truthfully, this whole romanticized this whole romanticizing of marriage, like, oh, love, love, you know, love is the key, love is the answer, love is what's gonna guide you through. Like love yeah. is an important aspect. It's not it shouldn't be the foundation. Yeah. You know, and I think what's happening is a lot of people, okay, like they're falling in love, they're getting married and then you know, love is a feeling at the end of the day. So feelings change, you know, according to feelings can be manipulated by external stimuli. So they right. can change. So they might see something in a marriage that they didn't necessarily see in a relationship and that can make the feelings change. And because your foundation was only based on that one feeling, it's not enough. Yeah. Right. So I think that's kind of what's happening too. And I think when you just look at like the financial implications of it, I think a lot of people are just kind of throwing their hand in the air saying, yeah, this is not for me, right? So it is an interesting time. And like now we're kind of at the age, like we're in our 20s. So it's going to be interesting to see how this thing plays out as we like get deeper into into adulthood. Right. Right. It's true. It's true. Like, exactly. Like I've learned so much just being in my relationship to know like, wow, like it's not really like that. You know, you might see all the good here and there, but you're going to have some dark clouds, man. Jeez, Jordan, just you guys, you heard it here on the Wire to Wire podcast. Jordan just openly said that he's in a relationship. This is this is a big moment, bro. I thought, I thought that was known information, but you know. I don't think I, I don't. I mean, I knew it because I know you. I know you personally, but I don't think you've ever publicly discussed it on the podcast before. And I've never asked about it because I didn't want. Well, if I, not, you know, you can go back and fact check and give the <laughs> extra lesson to extra episode that I've been on. You know, so I've never. That. I've never asked. I wasn't sure. Like I wasn't sure. Like because I know that's your personal business. So I wasn't sure yeah. if that's something you'd ever be comfortable sharing. So I just never asked about it. Yeah, I yeah, I feel it. that. So this is the first time you ever actually acknowledge it. So you Damn, shout that's out. growth. That's yeah. growth. Shout out to you, bro. <laughs>
Respect, you, respect. Would you ever um like let's just say you ever posted a pic with your girl on like IG, right? Mm-hmm. Would you ever like put her? Would you ever put her tag? Uh not so not so much now. No. Uh, before, yeah, I would because I didn't care, but I, I don't know. Just I just wouldn't do it. Just I, if I'm yeah. gonna post a pic, like Instagram is so trash right now. Like, it's, <laughs> like it's, I don't even know whose account it is. I guess this is my account because I don't follow any these people on my timeline. <laughs> so, um, I, like I really care. Like I, I see myself on, on Instagram. Like it's so, I feel like I'm a spam account because there's so much shit that they just throw in front of your face. Like if you, I'll see someone I follow in like the first two um, posts, and the next thing you know, it's an ad or this next woman or a next woman. Women IG models run Instagram, man, and my explore page is just my algorithms are mosh up, and I don't know how to fix it. So for me, really and true, the way I look at Instagram is like I don't, I don't really care if I post something. Good thing for dumps now. I can just post a dump of a bunch of random pictures and leave it at that. And that's it. Yeah. But um, even to answer that question, like, yeah, I wouldn't, like, I wouldn't tag. I wouldn't tag a girl that I'm with. Like, to me, it's just, you know, people are weird. And then they may just, like, they may try wanting to, like, DM or follow. Like, people are just very strange, bro. 100%. And yeah. I, th- I think, like, with the um the past couple of years, too, I think what it's really done is it's really created this like um, really vicariously living through people thing, right? Right. And I think people are watching on social media heavier more than they've ever done before. And I think it's just really become like a very strange place to be in. So I use, I'm similar to you, bro. Like if I'm not like putting out the, like if I'm not just promoting like my books or my podcast on IG or like making like you know i would say business related content i'm not really using it like that bro yeah yeah and that makes sense right and it's fair like it's i feel like instagram there's no point of making it a personal page unless you are of the brand like if you are a model or you're you have a business that's very personal that you have to show yourself and really promote yourself, then other than that, like you can leverage it, like of course for like podcasts and stuff like that, um, just to have content. But for you to just share stuff on your personal life, I guess you do it for yourself and your own ego per se. Um, and you get us some sense of like, uh, you can look back at what you did and stuff like that. And miss. But other than that, like I, I just I just can't see the point of Instagram anymore to use it as something to just like promote your personal self as you know, look at me, look what I do, because it's too much of that. And you yeah. can't compete. <laughs> it's too much um Instagram is too much uh too much cloud chasing going on on there, bro. So exactly. it's like like so for me it's like yeah. Like, I see the value of what it does, but it's just, that is what it is. Like, I'm definitely uh, on the same page as you when it comes to that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For real. But yeah, man, like, I, like, I know we've we kind of tailed off from uh, Michael B. And, and, and Lori, but it all goes hand in hand when we're speaking on this, this facade of a life that 
that we come across right with social yeah. media it's 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 all connected yeah like that's all like that's why i kind of got into topic it's not really wanting to talk about them or gossip about them per se it was just to kind of use that as a springboard to see like this a springboard to discuss all the other connected topics because you know this is a this is like this is the world that we're living in now right and these are certain things that we have to think about and take into consideration so that's why i thought like it would be an interesting topic to you know just kind of bring up and see where it goes yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. You know, I mean, with the podcast, you have to be within the end. You have to stay up to date regardless, right? So that's part of the gig. That's it, bro. But uh, Jordan, it's always great having you on the show. Well, there... Yeah, man. Appreciate it. Anything you want to plug before you head out? Uh, not much, man. It's quiet. little summer. Going to try to enjoy the summer. Uh, hopefully we get some better weather. Uh, and yeah, I just kind of live life, enjoy it. The most I can, you know, one day at a time. Definitely, bro. But yeah, thanks for coming on. Definitely looking forward to having you on in your future. Of course, man. Thanks again. Thanks for having me, Yusuf. Have a good one. Of course, bro. Have a good one. Take care. Thank you for listening to the Wire to Wire podcast. Be sure to share and subscribe. You can also check out all of my books, including my latest one, Quarantine Thoughts, available at all major retailers. You can also follow me on Instagram at Yusuf underscore A official. Until next time.